0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, January the 22nd, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Before I jump into today's episode with a very special guest, this podcast is brought to you by my homies at athletic greens you guys already know it's the one thing i take every single day well i take a couple things every single day but this is the thing i never miss and i never make an excuse not to take you've heard me ramble on it about enough if you guys don't eat enough green veggies which let's be real none of us do uh, this is the easiest way to cover the gaps in your nutrition and if you guys have not yet tried it right now if you guys want to pick it up You can get a free year supply of vitamin D, which is crazy. So you can order Athletic Greens. We'll literally give you vitamin D free for an entire year, plus five free travel packs. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure you want to make the investment, shoot us a DM, send me an email, go to the website, hit us up. I'll have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. That's how fucking crazy we are. But that's how much I do believe in it. So if you guys are interested, hit me up. Otherwise, the site is always athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. And you can pick it up from there. So, with that said, today on the podcast, I have my man, David D. Lorenzo, The D-Lo himself is here. Welcome, David.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, before um, him and I ramble on, just real quick background about him. I'm going to make you sound super important here. Sweet. Uh, David started his career at warner brothers in la running his own marketing company promoting artists and bands when the industry began to kind of shift to the world we live in now with technology and streaming he returned back here to the valley of the sun and started working with his father's insurance company where he discovered this passion for restaurants, and hospitality, which we'll dig into deep here today. He kind of created this niche market, obviously, around the profession, and which burst the bar and restaurant insurance division of the Ambassador Group. He later went on to kind of purchase the company in 2009, and throughout 2020, which we all have, he experienced his own set of challenges as the pandemic Basically, was murdering and demolishing the company since 80% of his clients are in the food and beverage industry, and he even got the COVID himself, which we'll talk about uh, as well. But through his personal mantras, um, he basically just pushed through it like the badass that he is, and he is here to kind of share his experiences with us, and we'll talk about his new book, which is titled "Eff It," uh, which is amazing as well, and uh, we'll kind of go into all that stuff. So, my man.
1: Cool. That's a uh, you. You made me feel very important.
0: Uh, well, you're kind of a you're kind of a big deal, right?
1: Well, I do. <clears throat> I do like to talk, so this is a, a great setting to do that. And uh, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, simplistic sort of. Uh, uh, let's just say, antidotes and hints and trades and things like that that we can talk about today that I think might be helpful to people listening going, who the hell is this guy and why is he on Jeremy's podcast today?
0: <laughs> the insurance guy. Right. right. <laughs> totally. uh, so let's do the uh, the origin story. So when you are working with uh, Warner Brothers and doing that kind of stuff, what does that even look like? like? Before you were... This version of you.
1: Yeah, so you know, I I got into college. I went to I went to ASU and and I got an internship and, and and so Warner Brothers started through college and I'm sitting in this big business class. There's probably 200 of us, if you can imagine. You know, Arizona State University, which is one of the larger universities in Arizona. If you're not from here, and I'm sitting there and this teacher comes on and there's like it's an internship for Warner Electra Atlantic. There's three record labels. And, and these record labels at the time, they represented everybody from, from R.E.M. to Van Halen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers to Led Zeppelin. And I was like, that's cool. And at the time, I had hair down in my ass, and um, I loved rock and roll, still do, Rat Nation. And God, the rat shit. Oh, the rat. We'll get into the rats. But I I went up and I said, I'd like to apply for this, and I did. And I ended up getting this internship with Warner Brothers, which ended up turning into a job and a whole bunch of other things. But the whole um, the whole aspect of getting that job and, and, and turning it into something of my own was really a, a dream of mine. I mean ever since I was 11 years old and, and I remember just laying in bed and staring at posters of Eddie Van Halen, I was like – One day, I'm going to work for him. I'm going to meet him. And, you know, lo and behold, at 22, 23 years of age, here I am on stage with the late Eddie Van Halen, and uh, I'm working for Van Halen on their last record. So, you know, that that experience and that mantra and that, you know, at a young age, meditating and focusing on things that I wanted to accomplish or at least see um, ended up working out for me, you know, later on. So, like, what kind of things uh,
0: are you doing for those guys? Like, how does it work? You start, your are 22, 23 years old, you show
1: up and like, Hey kid, go do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're young and you, you, at first it's like, okay. Um, wow. I'm, I'm sitting here in a room with so-and-so or so-and-so. And, um, then it becomes very numbing to the effect that you're literally working from 11 a.m until 3 a.m, you know, at concerts, at facilities. I'm going around driving around hanging up posters. I'm picking up Shania Twain at the airport and bringing her to. Her no ho- shit. Yeah, bringing so, her to her hotel room. What is that like? Are you in like a black car? You're in like your car? I'm in a big white van. Nice. trying not to get followed by everybody else out there. And uh, yeah, and, and it's crazy because I'm just a kid. And so I'm picking up this, you know, at the time, Shania was like the largest thing known to man. And this was New Year's Eve. And, you know, she's like, hi, sweetie. And I'm like, uh, uh, hi, you know, it was just like, and so you, I would pick her up at the airport, bring her to the hotel, bring her to the venue. I remember, you know, at one, when we were taking her away from the venue, they had like two vans because they had people following, you know, one van and then other people Almost like a, um, uh, a decoy you know, sort of thing. No shit. And literally driving this van on the tarmac at Sky Harbor Airport, letting her out and walking her up the stairs to her plane. I mean, it was just crazy stuff like that. I had Motley Crue uh, ask me for cocaine. Um, That's crazy. True story. Uh, and rubbers. Um, and, and do you have the cocaine and the rubbers on you or do you have to go get them somewhere? You have to go get them somewhere. Nice. Um, but I never did. Um, again, I was a 22 year old kid that just, I, who knows if they were, you know, kidding or not kidding, but, um, it was just request and all sorts of interesting stuff like that, that were, you know, put in front of me as challenges. And, you know, for the most part, I would complete those challenges.
0: And so like when you're in that, obviously like, cause now as I know you, you're, A person who exercises, takes care of themselves, you go to sleep early, you wake up early, you do even more probably like holistic kind of meditative shit than I do. Like you are like a health human being. But in that version of you, you are probably in the life a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, my, my phase, so I'm 40, I'll be, how old will I be? 47 in about a week. And I I don't even look at myself as a, as a mature adult yet. Um, I, I still have a lot of immaturity issues that I'm, that I'm dealing with. You know, ask my wife. Um, so You know, when I was young, I was one of those those kids, even growing up through high school and even through college, I'm like, I'm never drinking, I'm not gonna do that, it's gonna pollute my body, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I get into Warner Brothers, and believe it or not, while I was working for the record label, I was so laser focused on being the best, you know, record representation and person to do the job and make sure that I got it done. But then the partying started to kind of loosely get in there. It was part of that lifestyle. You were you were working with artists, and and it wasn't even the artists that were the the worst aspect of it because you didn't really hang out with them too much. You were just pretty much working for them. It was the other people in the business, the people that were seasoned, the people that are like, let's go and you know have a four hundred dollar steak night and bottle of this and bottle of that, and it's just getting paid for. You're like, okay, let's go do that, and then let's go to the strip club after this and I mean all these things that you know you're just like, as a, as a younger kid at 22, 23, you're like, this is pretty cool. Suit so badass. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's some badass stuff. So health and fitness and, and the awareness of what was going on with my body, it, it really just didn't exist at that point. I mean, you're, you know, has a young male with testosterone flowing and wanting to move further in a career and a very cool career. When you're again, picking up Shania Twain at the airport or hanging out with Eddie Van Halen on stage, you know, for a sound check, you're just kind of like, this is the life. And and, and and you could still wake up at an average you know hour in the morning and not feel like shit for the next you know two days. You just that's how we were. So I I, I did have a span of um, let's just say uh, thinking that I was sexy and that I was healthy. And then when I go and I look back at pictures of me, I was the most inflamed Jabba the Hutt that I I, I was like whoa what what am I thinking right with the hair too with the hair yes I was I was a fat hairy Jabba like when you're like in. In the in the
0: flow of it are you guys drinking a couple days a week are you going on all the time or like some days you do some days you don't it just depends
1: yeah it, it it really just depends like you know what tours are coming through who we're working with at the time do I have time to do this tonight and not tomorrow night oh you know what well we're just gonna do this every single night that we can that's pretty much what it came down to and if there was a good party or a good record release thing you were just you were just drinking and hanging out and so you get invited to some of these parties. Mm-hmm. And like, is there anything crazy off the
0: top of your head? Like, hey, I went to a party at so-and-so's house or we were hanging out with these people and you're just like, you're in the room and you're like,
1: holy shit, I can't believe I'm in this room right now. What one specific um, <laughs> incident, it's funny you bring that up, is, is I'm in L.A. And I must have drove two hours from... Well, I mean, two hours is probably like two miles, you know, on it's the... Not far. No, no. On, the, on the freeway out there. But I just remember I was so excited. I was working for Maverick Records, which is Madonna's record label. And, you know, they had artists like uh, the Deftones and Candlebox. And, you know, at this time we were promoting the Prodigy. And the Prodigy had this great record, Fat of the Land. It was kind of like this techno rock, you know, sort of thing. And so I was going to a record release party for, you know, the Prodigy at the record label, you know, the head of the record label, um, Terry at the time at, at his house. And, you know, again, I'm still a kid. I'm in my twenties. I, I don't know what cool houses are like in LA. Well, I, I found out real quick and I show up there and, I I look out of the corner of my eye and like there's Wesley Snipes, there's um, uh, the the uh, comedian uh, I can't remember his name, Dick, uh, the real scrawny guy or whatever. Real oh, Andy f- Dick. Andy Dick is That's you know great. in in the backyard sitting there. I mean, and God only knows whoever else or whatever, but I'm just sitting there like, whoa, is, is this really reality? Am I sitting in L.A. with like all these people listening to this cool new record that I'm going to be able to go out and promote and and, and do all that stuff there was probably other stuff going on. But again, I was just so young and naive and and so not really into the whole quote unquote drug scene. I was just really good at drinking and, and eating like shit at the time. And it paid off for sure. Yes. Uh, so when do you, how does that shift change?
0: Like you just wake up one day and you're like, man, I feel like shit. I don't like the way I look or I feel. Or is it when you kind of shift careers and move back here? When does that kind of Start to morph.
1: So when you're when you're in the thick of it and and, and you're you're inflamed, at least when I'm in the thick of it, and I'm inflamed and I'm not even you know even acknowledging the fact that I'm quote unquote out of shape because you know when I was a younger you know kid, I was always ripped, I always had abs, I could pretty much get away with it. But I was you know I was running a lot and doing a lot of stuff. So for that time span, I'm just kind of sitting here going, no, I'm I'm sexy, I'm good, I'm this and that, and then all of a sudden. It was something that just had changed with the career and the shift of the music business that had me put a different perspective on who I really was and what was really going on. And it didn't really change right then either. So, you know, fast forward, I jump into insurance. You know, my dad has always owned an insurance brokerage. He's been doing it for 50 years, finally retired this year. And, you know, uh, through the midst of you know the record business i was like well <sighs> I'm not going to, I'm not making a lot of money right now. I mean, a lot of that was the, the, the glorification of being able to work with these artists and do stuff. And you know, they, they, they have you, they're like, this is a cool job. We're not going to pay you anything, but you're going to do this. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know if this is what I want to do the rest of my life. And I'm not a big traveler. I don't like to travel. I, it sounds, it sounds funny. Um, but you know, like even during now, COVID has not been that big of a, you're built for COVID. Yeah, I'm built for COVID. I'm like, just keep me at home. This is cool. Um, so, you know, that, that job was going to come with traveling or moving to, a, you know, a winter state like Minnesota. I actually got no. a job offer out there. <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, okay, um, I don't think I want to do this anymore. You know, when Apple came out with iTunes and the record labels started, stopped having as much money and as much of that, you know, what I talk about going to the strip clubs and eating, you know, steak, steaks every night and, you know, sushi and all that, it just kind of dwindled down and went away because now... Proceeds were going to other places and other people were making money off music so I just went to my dad and I said hey you know I see that you've done well you know you you've built a career out of insurance which is boring as shit. And you obviously made it your own and, and, and did something. You've had two Rolls-Royces, two Corvettes, and and, and it, all that stuff was just a complete waste of money. But it was kind of like the status thing for him of always try achieving. So I saw that he was always motivated to well, do it is, that. It is Scottsdale. It so is Scottsdale. It is, <laughs> it?
0: So this is like, what,
1: 2007, 8, 9-ish, somewhere in there? This is, what year is it now? No, this is about, I got my insurance license in about uh, 2000. Oh man. So forever ago. Yeah. Forever ago. And so you're just, you're done
0: with the life and you come to him and you're like, well, I might want to not do cocaine with Metallica anymore. I want to sell insurance. <laughs> it seems the, like for a the ba- record.
1: A, I never did cocaine. <laughs> seems, seems like a basic
0: transition. Not really.
1: <sighs> not really. Um, so I, I go in, I become a licensed insurance agent Um, I never got a salary. I never got ownership in a a company. I just went in and I was like, okay, what do I do? And I had to learn all this stuff. And I found myself writing, you know, home and auto policies, which, okay, that's cool. Made me a few bucks here or there. My first commercial policy that I wrote um, was a junkyard near the airport. And I was literally insuring somebody's junk. And the guy was an asshole on top of that. Um, sounds super fun. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how long is this going to last? What am what am I going to do? My first paycheck was $167. It was Respect. like, yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I still have a log to this day that I can look back on, you know, in 2000 when I first started, you know, writing policies that I think I made, oh God, I, it was like $14,000 my first year, you know, just straight commission.
0: This is what, 2000?
1: Yeah. 2000.
0: That's still not a lot of money then, even. No. No. No,
1: no I'm li- I'm living with my parents. I moved back in with my parents, living, you know, living there, don't have those bills and just doing what I needed to do to kind of make my own. But, you know, after a couple of years of selling those types of policies, I was like, what do I really love to do? And so it all reverted back to the music industry. It all reverted back to entertainment, hospitality, all that sort of stuff. And then that's when it clicked. And so about three years into insurance, I, I met with a few people and they're like, why don't you niche yourself? You know, niching a business, and especially in this day and age, if you can find something that you're passionate about and that you love, then go for it. And, and I did. And so I bought and I own now and I created what is now called bar and restaurant insurance.com. It's like rocket science. I can't believe nobody owned that. Nobody owned it at the time. I mean, we we're talking 18, 19 years ago. That is true, though. But it's so
0: that's so common. Like that's such a bait. Like if you were to own like Scottsdale Fitness, it seems like super basic shit. And then for insurance, like if you were to Google it, I'm I'm assuming it pops up rather quickly.
1: Pops up rather. Quickly.
0: So why is it? Why did you do the bar and restaurant? Just because you like that stuff, or you're just like, eh, it's an easy
1: way to make money. Why? Why would that be the niche of all the things you could pick? Uh, because I liked all that stuff. Uh, because that all. The people that are in hospitality are my people. They are the people that, you know, are outgoing, they're creative, they're artists, they're hardworking, you know, they just – that – my communication level with people on that level is – it's a perfect relationship with me whereas opposed to some people are really into the more business, you know, esque sort of places. Well, like they want to go and insure these big corporate, you know, entities that have these huge, you know, buildings or, or maybe their doctor, you know, offices or stuff like that. I just don't really speak that language. I never have. I was never part of any clubs or a fraternity. I've always been like a solo artist like the rest of these guys. And so therefore – Insurance just like anything else, just like gyms, just like you name it, it's it's really about relationships. And if the people feel connected to you and they feel like you're giving them some sort of a value, then you're gonna establish a relationship and you're gonna retain those people and you're gonna be able to build a business off of that. Well those people have to love it too. Yeah. Like if you're gonna run a bar or restaurant, like you gotta die for that stuff. It's one of the hardest businesses that you can well, and people see right now, it's one of the hardest businesses to not only just maintain, but just to um, make sure that you're not having money stolen from you, make sure that you're staying on top of, you know, people that want to bitch about, you know, too much sauce on something. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous how much work that these people have to do in order to make uh, little to no money. Which is crazy because the profit margins, I mean,
0: bars are obviously different than restaurants, but yeah. so thin, you're going to work, it's your own stuff, no one's helping you and you're dying every day to give people the best experience. That's a really tough gig,
1: man it 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 is a tough gig and, and and so reverting back to your to your initial question now i'm working in the hospitality industry and i'm selling insurance policies to to these people i'm still chubby Okay. And I'm getting chubbier by the minute.
0: And what well, would seem like selling to those places <laughs> is not the best way to get like super shredded either. No, it's, no.
1: It, it's not at all. And, and, and so you're, you're hanging out. You're, you're in your younger years of life. You know, I'm, I'm what, 27, 28, 29, you know, early 30s at this time. And I'm hanging out with bar owners. I'm hanging out with nightclub owners. I'm hanging out till 2 in the morning, you know. I'm, and you're
0: doing it because you're, A, you're creating a relationship, but you're still enjoying it.
1: Yeah. I'm still enjoying it. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not married at the time. I, you know, I think I'm hot shit and, you know, and, and now I'm hanging out with these owners and I'm sitting in the owner corner, you know, and it's VIP. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's fun. And then, you know, you go and you eat your Taco Bell at, you know, at two in the morning and that shit adds up real quick. I mean, I can look at my ID, my license from back in the time and I'm not a very big dude. I'm five five, five, six. If you ask me, I'm five, six. You ask my wife, I'm probably five, five. Um, She's wrong. Yeah, she's wrong. I'm very tall. So the thing is, is when you're putting 200 pounds on that sort of a frame and you're not even realizing how chubby you are, there's a problem. Are you, are you exercising at this time? Um, I think so. Um, Some, a little bit. Yeah. Lifting. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going out, bulking up and, and, and maybe running, you know, twice a week and calling it, you know, working out, but, yeah. but my food's not under control.
0: It's like when you, just like a normal, if you can think like what would a normal day be like? Like you're in the life, you're selling obviously insurance to these guys. You might say out till 2am. You wake up, do you exercise? You're going to work, you're eating like shit all day or just at night?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so depending on the day of the week, but let's just say, you know, it's a, uh, okay, Friday night, I'm going to go out. I'm like, okay, hell yeah, we're going to so and so's club. We're going to hang out till 2 a.m. Then we're going to walk over to Silvermine Subs. I'm going to eat not one 12 incher, but probably two. Yeah. And then, uh, it's a you lot. Know, yeah. And then basically pass out, wake up the next morning at what nine or 10 and then go have some brunch, which would consist of, you know, let's just say a lot of greasy things on a platter and then, uh, you know, lay around and maybe watch some football that day and, and, and then maybe take a break that night. Maybe not just depends on, you know, where it takes us. Man. And yeah. You do that for a couple of years, years, five
0: to six years. And then what how does it change, though, from that? Like, when are you like, fuck, dude, I can't keep doing this anymore? Uh,
1: I, I start to feel – well, I start to feel like shit. That's one thing. And, and then it be, starts becoming noticeable as you get older. And you're like, what, th- early 30s? Early 30s, yeah. Yeah. And I'm making stupid decisions. You know, it's uh, – you always tell yourself, especially when you're intoxicated, that you're okay. And most of the time – if not all the time, you're not okay. No. And so there's some, you know, dumb decisions that happen that, you know, I, I got away with some stuff, and and definitely not proud about it. But uh, it is the reality of what had happened, and and so albeit I may have, you know, certain regrets about doing that. I, it's the reaction to those things that you know had have made me a stronger and a and a better person not to make those decisions anymore. So. Um, you know you just get to a point where you're looking at yourself and and i remember taking a, p- a photo of myself and I, there's like this belly that's just hanging out and and i've always been very conscious about you know my own you know my own physical aspect of who i am and 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 wanting to look this way and then when you start looking at yourself from like a third person point of view and you're disgusted with yourself you're like okay maybe it's time to do something a little bit different here
0: you're like i don't i don't know who this guy is anymore yeah and so as that's starting to happen, is it just like, because some people just do cold turkey when they're like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm not going to eat mm-hmm. shit or drink shit. But for, for me, even personally, it's a slower, like you gradually eat better, you gradually train better, you start to phase out the things that are causing the problems. How did you go about it?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm either a hot or cold. I'm, I'm a type A. I'm, I'm, I'm just neurotic. So I had many stints with, let's just say going, okay, this is it. I'm cutting it off. I'm not doing any more of this. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not going to eat like, I'm, I'm just, this is it. I'm done. There was no gradual anything. So I had a couple stints with that. And I would say the first two stints were semi successful, but not successful um, but what did help me, um, in my mid thirties was I went and I signed up for a fitness competition. Actually, oh, I remember that yeah. you were, you were in it with me and you won. Um, and so I was like, God, what a great idea to, you know, spray a bunch of chemicals on my body that make me look, you know, shredded and seems,
0: he- seems healthy when you right. think about it. it's <laughs> actually one of the, well, if you do it the right way, which I don't really know how you can perfectly do it the right way. It's not dangerous for you but like when you're getting extreme like that like I don't know if that's healthy like how restrictive the eating gets and like obviously the the comp tan's like crazy it's just a different world for sure but it is healthier than staying out till 2 a.m. getting fucked up for sure.
1: It is, and and you sure as hell do look pretty damn good, um, if you follow the you know the protocol of asparagus and carb loading and you know dehydration. And it's all. it's
0: at the end, man. It's tough for sure.
1: It's tough. <laughs> I was falling asleep in meetings. I mean, I had one guy looking at me like, "Are you there?" I'm literally dozing off while he's talking to me because I'm so like just lacking every nutrient known to man. Um, but you know. But I needed that. I needed that contest. I needed that goal. I needed something to go after because if I I put my mind on something, just like I put my mind on meeting Eddie Van Halen and working in the record industry, I'm going to put my mind into getting on stage and, you know, putting myself out there. And I did. And I went and I did it. And I placed fifth in my first, you know, fitness competition. I I got to compete with my dad who was on stage too. Oh, yeah. Because I
0: don't want to like talk about your dad all day, but like
1: he, how old is he? Dad's 72. He still competes. He retired this year from competing, but he, yeah, he competed. That's fucking crazy. He was Mr. Colorado back in his 20s. And then he went through the same phase that I went through called, you know, the chubby phase for decades. Did he really? Yeah. And he's been married five times. So I think a lot of that influx of you Yeah, know, you, know, just, you know,
0: just testing out different things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I'm grateful for his marriages because I, I learned a lot of what not to do, um, which helps. Yeah. Yeah. But he looks good, dude. Like, he's a bigger dude, though. How big is your dad? Dad's um well after COVID he's <laughs> he dropped about thirty pounds mm, yeah yeah he was competing at about one ninety or so that's
0: pretty fucking big dude
1: yeah and he's shorter than I am now he keeps shrinking a little bit like is Yoda, he really Yoda yeah that's crazy he was a little bit taller than me but you know Dad Dad shredded and and so he got back into it in his sixties when he got you know remarried for the fifth time and, and and successfully married now and yes competed for twelve straight years like three or four times a year which is a lot. I mean, is once a is a lot for people.
0: Yes, for sure. I thought, yeah, I thought he was always, for some reason, like, super fit.
1: No, he, I, I have some videos of, of him back through my, my high school and my college days of he's just, he's huge. You know, he's a big boy.
0: Gnarly. So, yeah, then, so you guys are kind of healthy together.
1: We're kind of healthy together, yeah. We we, we did all that, and, and but but that wasn't it. You know, after that show, I, I, I got into, let's just say, stages of... Unhappiness. I was I was I was sad within myself. I had everything you know within a career. Um, it was building. It was working. There was nothing wrong with that. I'm I've always been a happy, motivated person. But I was I was missing love. You know, and it's 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 kind of funny to say, but. Um for somebody like me as emotionally bound and tied together and, and you know, being the way that I am, I was, I was wanting so badly to be in a relationship that, you know, I was, I was almost forcing. And so there were kind of these ins and outs of, you know, dating. And, and I can't even imagine, I I look at my son who's 19 and I just like, I can't even imagine dating right now or what you have to go through or all the bullshit that goes along with it because there was enough when I was younger.
0: It would be weird. Like I would say like the easy part, well to hook up is easy because now you have Tinder. Or whatever the apps are, you right. can just swipe, swipe and hook up with chicks. That would be super cool, um, <laughs> just if I'm being honest. Uh, but like now, I'm old though, and I'm like, it would be hard as I'm old because I'm like now I like I have money and stuff, and I feel like people would try to like take my money or like have a kid with me and do this weird shit. But if mm-hmm. I'm 19, fuck it, dude, it's fair game. Like when you had to go to a bar, like and meet a girl, that's way harder. Oh, like yeah. it takes some level of skill. Now it's kind of like online scamming you can just catfish somebody meet him and hook up whatever
1: well that's how you met heather right i mean that's your skillfulness or dos dos gringos, gringos yeah. yeah at a bar yeah of
0: all places like i rarely drink and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like but again like that was the only goal though like when you're a young dude you're 20 honestly like if you're just a younger dude 30 and it doesn't matter what age if you're no. a single dude your only goal you're a predator yeah you're trying to hook up with a chick there's no other you don't go out to the i'm gonna meet pete no no you're going to have sex bro but yeah. we have one goal we are the terminator we're going to just kill everything that is it and that's how we did it very true story
1: and and and, and so
0: I and you're up, so, how old are you then? 35, 6, 7? You're single?
1: I'm, I'm 30, yeah. 35, date, 36, dating. 37. Yeah. And then I hit 38, and I just, like I said, I was just kind of going through this mass, you know, sort of depression of wanting to be with somebody, wanting, wanting to have almost structure, because I'm a very structured person, believe it or not, through all the chaos that was my lo- life. And, you know, I'm living in a condo that almost seemed like a basement, and it was dark all the time, and I was just like, what, you know, what am I doing? So, um, lo and behold, I meet my now wife, Kim, when I'm about 38, <clears throat> I'm still don't have my shit together, but enough to at least, you know, lure her in and trick her. You can con her into it. Yeah. I, I, I did. And that's the salesperson to me. That was good. Um, and, and she hung in there with me. And, and so there came a point and, and I can tell you exactly the date. It was, you know, it was June, um, June 10th. Um, when, uh, when I was 40 and I'll be 47 now. I was just like you know what I'm I'm done I'm done with the partying I'm done with like I who what do I need to do anymore what do I need to prove I have my wife I have my family I have everything that means everything to me And I really wanted to just kind of get my life back, you know, personally, individually and and really become the best that I could physically, mentally and all that. So at that date, I just I quit drinking. I quit. I quit all of it. And that's what I had to do in order to restructure myself because I'm an I'm an all or nothing sort of person. And and so here I am seven years later or six and a half years later, you know, I'm just like, okay, cool. Let's focus on, let's focus on health and wellness. And that's what I decided to do. No. Do you ever drink booze? No, I haven't had a drink since that date. No shit. Yeah. Six and a half years ago. Does Kim drink? No, I don't think she's had a drink in like two years. Really? Yeah. That's not have. Really, when did you meet her? I'm, I met her when I was 30, 38 and a half, something like that. 39.
0: So did I know her before you?
1: yeah oh yeah yeah you guys were on that magazine cover together
0: and uh yeah so, she, so by the way like if you guys are listening like his wife is super healthy too which i'm sure is an influence on you how you eat how you mm-hmm. trim. but like we've done a ton of stuff like with live strong together like we ran this fake race <laughs> uh that those pictures still show up to this day yeah like, stock images yeah drees her myself her and i did a a thing what was it like it was like power pads it was like I don't know. I don't want to sound like an asshole. Um, it's like when you're like really weak and you put these pads on your hands because you don't want to get uh, calluses, basically. Her and I did a photo shoot, like a video shoot with that. Yeah, I've known her for a long time. Yeah. But she was in fit. She's always been like, she competed
1: too. Well, she did. And, and I met her at one of my dad's contests. She was manning a booth for a photographer at the time and I walked up and... I was like, she's kind of cute. And so, you know, in true male fashion, you know, I had a few cocktails in my hand at an athletic event, uh, go figure. You know, I walk up, I start talking to her, I'm like – hey how you doing you know and it's creeping on her yeah pretty much creeping on I get her it. and then she's like hey i'm a runner too and i was like oh that's cool and then i saw the rock on her finger at the time i was like okay well that ain't going anywhere and you know that whole year goes by or whatever until we start communicating through the realms of facebook and uh yeah the rest is history <laughs> and now you guys are married now we're married yeah. that's gnarly bro and you're right she has a lot of the same interest if not we've helped each other we're complimenting. To, we're we're complementary to each other. Like I've always been an organic. Like I want to garden. I want to have organic food. I want to do this and that. And and I brought that into her life, and she's brought more. Let's just say I don't want to say balance because I'm not a very balanced person. But she brought more of a perspective of. But you know, if there
0: is any balance, that's where it would come from. That's
1: correct. Yes.
0: <laughs> so we go from just drinking, kind of eating like shit, doing all the stuff, and then all of a sudden, like we're forty. And we're like, fuck it, this is not going to work anymore. So you quit drinking the booze. Does the training and that stuff, does the eating start to morph the same way as well at that time?
1: Yeah, so that, that got a lot better as well. Um, you know, I've always been an avid runner. I was a, I was a runner probably starting at eight years old in Atlanta, Georgia with the McGuire's who were my neighbors, you know, three boys up the street and, and we would always, <clears throat> you know, run together in our neighborhood. And, and, and so running just became a very, you know, meditative and, and fun thing for me and, and to have gotten away from that during my, um, uh, crazy party days was a little bit saddening but to rediscover it you know in my late 30s my 40s and actually be able to run six minute miles you know for an extended period of time and run these half marathons and do a lot of this stuff um, it was great you know to be able to do that again to run the trails and and And, you know, I've always been a person that would work out because of my dad. You know, the the, the pyramid, you know, workouts, 10, 8, 6, 4, you know. Bodybuilding shit. Yeah, bodybuilding shit. And it was cool because I I have a natural build to build muscle and do all that. Um, But as I got older, I realized, okay – Time is not my friend. Like I have a whole now. I've built this amazing business. I'm I'm definitely sought out for in that realm.
0: And for reference, you guys. So you manage the you own the whole thing, but you manage it. How many employees do you guys have? We have twelve. And it's like that's real work at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a real twelve people, a real twelve different emotions. You know, different. Um, Different problems, different victories, all sorts of stuff that you definitely have to deal with on a day. And
0: generating millions of dollars of revenue, obviously, per year. So it's like it's a lot of shit to chew on.
1: Yeah, it's not not like just opening up a, I don't know, a cookie shop just by yourself and baking and handing stuff to people.
0: Well, because I think some people will listen and say, okay, and I don't want to get off track, but, oh, he runs an insurance company. Yeah, so does my brother, Roger. Yeah, it's not the same, bro. Like you're at, like when the world is normal, you're at all these events. Mm -hmm. Like you're at, I'm at the taco festival. I'm at the beer thing. I'm going here, but you're still working out and training every single day. It's, it's become, it's who you are. Like when we think of the insurance guy, I'm like, yeah, I got a guy. I I tell people all the time, like, I got a guy here. He's here every week. I'm like, but he's at all the shit. He does all the bars and restaurants. Now that's an exaggeration, but you guys do a shit ton of the bars and restaurants here.
1: We do. We have hundreds of clients. I I would have to guess that I have the the market share in Arizona for, you know, hospitality insurance. I have companies that seek us out to help with their programs and to, you know, figure things out in Arizona. And, And you are correct. I get involved. Part of being successful in business for me is the involvement of being part of associations, of giving back, of sponsoring festivals that are local, supporting local restaurants, supporting local people—you know—doing all of those things that you need to do. Where there's a lot of people out there that run their business. Um, I don't want to say scared, but in in essence, they don't they don't do any of that stuff. And and I think that really in, limits their growth. You know, because it's like I'm going to hold on to all this money to do this and that, as opposed to um, actually helping and, and, and spreading it and getting their name out there and doing all that stuff that, you know, it just, they're, they're always in that same, you know, that same module. And so as I go out to these events, you know, to the craft brewers events or to the, um, taco festivals or this and that, I don't have to eat the stuff. I don't have to drink the stuff, which is
0: crazy that you go to the beer festivals. Like, it's the time. Like we give money. Like this business. Like we give money to all kinds of stuff. I don't go to fucking anything. Right. Like I'm not giving anybody my time. No. Nope. Jeremy, can we meet? No, we can't. You can email me and then we'll talk about it. You go to the beer festivals, but don't drink beer. No. That's I walk.
1: Gnarly. I walk around, talk to everybody, do my thing, and 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 just being present. I like you said, time is really the the most precious thing that we have. So just to be present, the show that you support, to put your name out there, to give a thousand, five thousand bucks here or there to support their event, so that others can come and enjoy themselves. That's what it's about for me at this point in my career.
0: And that's why you're you though. And these other people who are listening, like, well, this is how you run insurance. Like you do it different than right. other people, but that's why. So to the point you don't have three hours a day to, to do exercise. Correct. You just can't, you can't do the old school workouts all day, do these things like you have to make it fit your life and you still do somehow. Yes. And are you running every day? I have a, so. What's a, what's a normal like week look like? You're, are you training every day? Some of the days a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, you know, let's just say I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. And, and has a busy, you know, business, you know, man that is, you know, obviously has, anywhere from a hundred to 200 emails a day I need to answer phone calls you know meetings driving to place to place you you have a set amount of time that you can get all of that done and and I'm the type of person again being type a if there's an email in my box it's going to be gone before I go to bed at night I mean I just I clear it out so <clears throat> you know a normal day has to be structured for me and and it's not always perfect you know and, and part of the reason why and I'm, uh, I know we'll get into it reason why I wrote the the ebook that I did which you give these guys the book is titled <clears throat> the book is called effort it. so like, it's like fuck it pretty much yeah okay you cool. know, no, how, 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 what
0: is the real title <laughs> like, like what how do you like how do you break it down effort
1: it stands for so it's, it stands for the three f system so it's it, it's all in the aspects of food fitness and focus you know so those three f's right there and, and, and so as I go through my day, I think about what my three Fs are and what I need to accomplish and how I need to get that done in order to maintain some sort of – um some sort of peace within myself that I feel good and and I want to go out and I want to work and I want to you know have these meetings and have the energy and just go kick ass. So a normal day, you know, I'll have a couple of days where I'll take off, but maybe it's taking off from working out doesn't mean that I take off from my say my breathing exercises or my cold plunges or my meditation, you know, back in my in my gardens, that sort of thing. But, you know, on the days that I do work out, I may go run four miles. I, I may come see you one day for, you know, 20, 25 minutes, hit it. And that might be the only thing that I do. I have a little gym in my garage that, you know, I've, because of seeing the stuff that you, a lot of the stuff. You got that, a
0: dope, you got a dope set up in, in your garage. I do.
1: I got a bag. I've got uh, the assault bike. I've got the the Ski. stand up skier. Yeah. Yeah. I've got dumbbell racks. I've got stretch racks, all that sort of stuff. And so, Getting, getting older in, in transition of going from bodybuilding workouts to just quick 20 minute, you know, hammer it out. All, you don't even need dumbbells. I mean, even if you just have yourself to do push ups and lunges and run up the mountain in front of your house, you can get, you can get a lot done. So, what time, what time are you getting up these days? It's um, so like a normal day. You wake up at... Yeah, winter time. I, I, I get lazy. Like I don't like the dark. I, I, I like to wake up with the sun and, and go down with the sun. I go to bed at like 8.30, but uh, during the summer, I'll get up at probably 4 or 4.30. I'll, and you usually go run because it's hot as shit? Yeah, I'll usually run pretty early then. But you also run sometimes during the, the shit. Yeah, I'm getting scolded for that though, legitimately. Um, really? By Kim? Yeah, because when it, it's... Look, disclaimer when it's 115, and I know not everybody listening to this is going to have this problem, but when it's 115, it's not smart to run. I, you just, it's hot, bro. It, it's bad, you know? It's, I remember one day Dennis was here. I was like, that's when the
0: Sunday, because like we're doing the our Sunday Metcons. is terrible, terrible workouts. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think uh, Dave's coming today. I saw him running down the street, <laughs> but then you ran here and did the workout, and like, then you must have fucking ran home.
1: Oh, yeah, and I felt well, like shit the rest of the day. That
0: sounds terrible, actually. That's a awful. I would not recommend that for anybody. No, First I'm, of all, I don't care if it's 50 degrees. Don't run here and do the workout and then run home. Drive here for sure.
1: Yeah, I had laid in bed the rest of the day with heat exhaustion, and my wife yelled at me. So
0: That's bad. So you usually get up early and then run, and then it's done for the day.
1: Summertime, yeah. But, but you know, like today I went and ran the mountains. It's overcast today. It's, what, 60 degrees out. You yeah, know, it's perfect. I went and ran at, like, 8 o'clock. It was, it was absolutely perfect. But so
0: you're running, you're lifting, you're kind of doing everything.
1: Yeah, it's stretching. I mean, all that stuff that that you have helped teach me, and that we talk about, and and that are all important, you know, units in creating a full part of your lifestyle, especially if you're busy working forty to sixty hours a week. And then, how are you guys eating these days? Uh, we are eating Cause very
0: very well because you have a garden. We which do. If you guys follow him, what is your Instagram?
1: Uh, it's at I am the D-L-O, Delo D E L O.
0: So if you guys pull it up, you'll see like he. He plays a character, basically. He wears, like, overalls and shit, and he goes out
1: with no clothes underneath, it looks like. Maybe you do. Uh, but then he has a garden, so you guys grow a lot of your food, too. We, we do. We grow a lot of our food. It, believe it or not, in Arizona, um, you can grow a lot of stuff. What do and you guys have? Right now, currently, we have uh, Brussels sprouts, we have broccoli, we have cauliflower, I've got peppers, I've got tomatoes, I've got carrots, um, uh, cucumbers, all sorts of potatoes, I'm growing potatoes. um, All in your backyard? All in my backyard, yeah. Uh, lettuce, I mean, it's, it's great. So we'll, we'll utilize a lot of that stuff at night. And and then we get a lot of grass fed, um, you know, grass finished organic meats. We'll, we'll eat a lot of seafood, stuff like that. But I would say 90% of our meals right now are, and especially during this whole COVID time, we do what we can to support local restaurants. Like if it's a night where I need a pizza, I go down to the local pizza place and and do do that thing. Um, where we went to for dinner base. I, I eat a lot of their pizza. Base is good. Yeah. I like their pizza. Yeah um local organic ingredients good dudes from australia but um <clears throat> yeah 90 percent of our meals are, are all cooked at home C- kim does primarily all the cooking or whatever so it's nice so when i come home from work or whatever we get to sit down and, and share a meal together that was home cooked
0: and you guys have any uh, any vices Since obviously you don't drink booze but anything else that well i think I, that would drag you down
1: but yeah b- booze is turned into sugar um I, I just, like, one bite turns into, you know, a whole bag. Um, I really like cookies. And... What's your
0: favorite cookies?
1: <sighs> God, I don't...
0: Have you been, you've been to Crumble. Crumble? Have you been to Crumble? No, I haven't been to Crumble. I would, I don't, I'm not telling, saying you need to go, but you need to go. <laughs> um, they Every week, they do different ones. So they're, they're huge. They're fucking wow. huge. They're, like, this big. They're thick, too, but they're so soft. And usually, I think big cookies are terrible, I'm not shitting you, dude. Um, it depends what you like. Um, the chocolate chip one they have is okay. They have a chilled sugar. Uh. That's like, I mean, it's, oh, good. It's, I've never done, like, cocaine, but I imagine, like, that's what, like, cocaine is like. Like, how fucking addicting it is. But every week they'll do different ones. Like, it'll be, like, a carrot cake one or, like, a churro one or whatever. It comes in a box of four. It's, like, 15 bucks. Oh, my God. Um, you're going to feel like a bag of shit. If you do it, because you can probably eat them all, or at least you'll eat most of them. But it's, um, if you're if you if you're willing to feel hungover, like I would go there for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not. It. They don't sponsor the podcast, by the way. That's a free shout out. But um,
1: how many how many times a year do you go there?
0: I try not to now because Heather's like, don't go. Because here's the thing: like, if it's at my house, I'm <laughs> not going to eat it. But once it's like open, then it's fair game. So usually, what happens is Heather will go in and dig into it, and then I'm like, "Well, fuck it." But she'll she'll kill a lot of it before I do, which actually helps me, but it sabotages her. So I'm trying not to. (laughs) Um, But I've been there a handful of times for sure. It's well worth it.
1: All right, I'm gonna try it for my birthday. Uh, But
0: cookies, typically the sugar stuff or chips, anything like that.
1: Yeah, uh, chips. uh, Anything that's carbolicious, I'm pretty addicted to.
0: And so, like, do you? How do you not? do eat that consistently? Do you guys just not keep it in the house? What is the, how do you, you know, I can't, guess avoid that shit?
1: Yeah. I can't keep it in the house. And, and again, if I come up, I I'm very goal orientated. So if I really come up with a goal that like, uh, I want my stomach to look like this or I want you know, just ridiculous shit that really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Um, but I make it, you know, I, I make it mean something. Um, then I'll, I'll just laser focus. And for 30 days I won't eat a damn thing, you know? And then I'll reward myself with something, you know, after that period.
0: And then you remember how shitty you feel after you eat it. And then it's like wash, rinse, repeat, the cycle continues.
1: Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I, or I'll just keep eating it until I, you know, get sick of it, how I look. And then I'll start over again.
0: Yeah, it's, well, that's what I say to people, I'm like, the food part is the hardest thing. Because, like, yeah. if you exercise, most people are willing to go through a certain level of pain. Maybe not crazy stuff. They'll go run a little bit. They'll. But the food part, you have to master forever. And you have to yeah. almost like be married to, okay, I'm willing to feel good every day. And yeah. I don't want to, that's for me, like I could eat shit all day. Like yeah. if you told me I could eat pizza and cinnamon rolls and still look like this, but and feel good, I'd fucking do it. Yeah. like, why I give a shit. But it's the way I feel though. Now, like I'm so, again, it's just like drinking booze. Like when I'm 22, I can drink 20 beers. Doesn't fucking matter. Piss my pants, head about the wall. I wake up. I'm like, eh, I'm fine. <laughs> now it's like you have like six beers. I'm like, fuck dude. The next day I feel like I got hit by a truck. It's the same thing with the food.
1: Well, it's it, it it becomes intuitive, you know, as you get older and you listen to what your body is telling you after you eat something. And I don't care what it is, it, you know, even if you go out to eat and you're not aware that you're so allergic to canola oil that you're, you know, keeling over just after having some, you know, catfish and and wild rice. What you think it might be healthy. Um, but they cooked it in this whole bag of shit of canola oil that just completely destroys your inner system. You're like, okay, maybe I can't do that anymore.
0: So, how do you guys do that then? So, you guys, obviously, since you're in the life and you go to the bars or restaurants, you guys obviously, you know, support them what you can. You show up, or you don't drink booze. How do you pick the restaurants that you eat at then, uh, mm-hmm. in particular, you and Kim?
1: A lot of research and, and development and this is something I would suggest for anybody in any market and anywhere that's just you know, just trying to kind of control, you know, any sort of bad feelings or extra calories or stuff like that is really look at your local restaurants, find out where they get their food, you know, talk to the chefs if you can or the owners. I mean they're more than happy to, you know, be forthcoming. And then, you know, if it's your first time trying and, and you're asking these questions to the servers, don't be shy or, or embarrassed or like, you know, even though I do roll my eyes at my wife house half the time because she'll order something and take you know everything off of it but anyways you got to get over that and, and 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 so asking the questions and making sure that you know you are paying attention to what you're ordering and how you're ordering it and then making a Rolodex of those places so if you do want to go out you know you're going to go somewhere and you gonna be like okay this is cool I know I'm not going to you know feel like shit if I order this way from here at this time you have a favorite like a couple favorite places you guys go here uh, we do have. Uh, we have a place called Sapiens. It's it's quote unquote a, like a paleo kitchen. And You've told me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I definitely gonna take you guys there. And and so it's you know they have all grass fed, grass finished stuff. Um, they make their breads out a out of nuts like almonds and and stuff like that. And and so um my body reacts a lot better when i'm not eating overly processed stuff i'm not eating too many um starches or you know or, most,
0: most humans yeah
1: most humans yeah and, and so I just know that. So when I can go to a place like that, it is very catered to that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's a, there's fast casual concept out here, which I used to be an owner of two of them. Um, I've, I've owned 13 restaurants as well on top of insuring them, but, um, called Pita Jungle. And I know a lot of people in oh, Arizona yeah. listening to this are familiar with Pita Jungle, but you can go there and get a relatively, um, healthy, if not very healthy meal, depending on how you order and what you order. You can also get a relatively unhealthy meal you know because like it's what just... they like pizza
0: too right <clears throat> or like oh, yeah. f- like flatbread pizza yeah they have like flatbread but pizza they're and... chicken hummus like they're vegetables like they have a good shit you can get
1: i i think most of the bodybuilders in arizona that go into the contest like live at pita jungle when they go out because they just get like you know three sides of chicken and a thing of hummus and some you know cucumbers oh yeah you can make good choices there for sure yeah so you know there's stuff like that that we go to and then there's some Um, I I would say other, like just middle of the road, local restaurants where we know the chefs and the owners and we go in and, you know, we request kind of the same meal all the time. We don't, we don't stray too much.
0: So if we talk about the, the stuff that's maybe less unconventional in terms of you being healthy, you do do the cold plunges. Mm
1: -hmm. How often do you do that? So I do uh, a cold shower every day. Um, for the, you know, last year or so. And, and that's, you know, a couple minutes, just boom, hit the cold, get my capillaries, my energy going, that sort of thing. And then I'll end up with a little bit of a hot, you know, hot shower and, and, you know, take care of that. But we have a pool in our backyard and I've never used the pool except to go in in the wintertime. Um, really yeah I know you don't go in the summer no because it's got chlorine anyways we're we're gonna start using it in the summer we're draining it and putting salt water in it and and gonna do that sort of thing. you're
0: going full fucking crazy on me totally totally
1: nuts you're straight Sedona now so we do yeah that's uh where the aliens are coming so we'll talk about that too um but yeah so I do the cold plunge and then we also have a sauna inside one of our rooms and so we'll do the hot as well so when you get into your pool what is it like 50 degrees Yeah, about 50, 43, something like that. How long are you in there for? Um, I can probably handle it at this point for about three minutes.
0: And what's the purpose for everybody listening? Like, why do a cold – why the hell would we want to endure – because everybody who knows me, like – I hate that shit. Um, I don't like being cold. That's why I live here. I remember, and I shared the story before, I was at Movement Restoration. Trish is like, oh, you can do, I think theirs is like probably like 50 degrees, maybe 40 something. You can do the cold plunge for like 20 minutes or you could like, you know, uh, come do the Normatec boots and all the Normatec stuff for like an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't got an hour to fucking sit here a couple times a week. I'm like, what do them boots cost? She's like, oh, like 2,000 bucks. I'm like, I'll just buy them myself because fuck it. I'm not going to sit there. I cannot stand the cold, but I know... Yeah. People swear by it. So why are you doing it?
1: So for me, the cold helps with inflammation. Um, you know, doing a lot of running and working out and stuff like that. I, I like to keep my, my inflammation and my ability to, you know, go out and work out again. Um, you know, I, I keep the inflammation down as much as possible. And, and I really... Personally, the cold really helps with that, it, and and it gets the, you know, gets the the blood flowing. And just on top of that, I also feel us as human beings, we've been so um, trained to be to be pussies, you know, and you know, and and, and so sure, it's a
0: technical term we use here in the gym a lot when no one's around. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's true though. We are we are by far the softest we've ever been because obviously the problems we have now, like we're not. And I always share it because we have this Leonardo DiCaprio, like The Revenant, uh, up above my door. And I always look at it when I'm having a shitty day. Because I'm like, this dude used... I mean, it's based on a true story. Obviously, yeah. for the movie, they hype it up. This dude fought a fucking bear and then, like, cut open a horse and slept there and, like, is fighting to just survive the cold. And I'm like, I'm crying because I'm drinking my $7 coffee, you know, and it's warm outside. Right. But I'm like, I live in Scottsdale. I drive here, I sleep here. We have Netflix. Like, we are definitely... And that's and I'm the same person who, like, doesn't want to take a cold shower because it's too... I'm too soft.
1: And, and and I didn't either in the beginning. And it's you know, we, we are these humans that are that live in these, you know, insulated boxes and and have all these great clothes and these things that keep us warm. And and so I, I think our body just becomes so adaptable to the to the part that it can't now it can't take on any undue stress. And I don't think that's good for you as a human being. So when you are about to get sick or things are about to happen, you can't handle it as well as if you were, you know, already kind of trained in that method of, um, you know, the different types of therapies that I'm going through right now. And I know it's helped. And do you, you feel a difference? Yes, absolutely. And do you ever see yourself not doing it? Um, I don't know right now it's one of those things where it's like you know meditation and, and eating. I just its it's a habit. And you meditate every day every day.
0: How does it range in time?:
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it can range in who I follow. You know, it could be a guided meditation. It could be a, a five minutes of just sitting in silence and watching the birds in, in, in my front yard and and just trying to think about nothing other than the birds. It can be a whole you know thirty minutes of breathing exercises. It can be meditations to, um, you know, just good positive you know sayings and that sort of thing. So there's no. The, the thing that's allowed me to do it for so long, which I've been doing it for, you know, six, seven years now, is the fact that I don't put any guidelines on how long or how it has to be done. I just know that when I do it, I, you know, I feel that much better and it gives a calmness, you know, to my, to my overall.
0: And why did you start, like, when did that start? You just woke up one day or like you read something or you got with a mentor? I know you do, like, obviously if we've talked about like Wim before, like Hoff mm-hmm. here, who's, you know breathe fucker like he's fucking crazy um but the breathing techniques i have we obviously like you i think it's uh, james Nestor. it's the breathe book like there's a lot of good stuff like when they say like the breathing techniques do help when does that start for you and like what how did you just start getting into it
1: i, I it's funny i just i just bought that book uh two days ago <laughs> have you read james it Nestor book no
0: i listen well, i will listen to the audio book it's good yeah it's um it's different if you're not if you never obviously like you've done a lot of the protocols already i'm not a huge you know I have my own process. Like we all do Yours is that I don't meditate like in the terms of way people think about it, but yeah, um, I do think the breathing technique and the breathing, uh, structure does change a lot of things.
1: It does. And, and so what really interests me in the breathing is my background in, in running. And oh, for so sure. when you're out there and you're running and you're one, you know, and especially when you're doing a race and you're one with your breath and you're trying to, you know, give your personal best or, you know, come in a place if that's your thing or do that sort of thing. I, I like to competitively run in, in trail races. Um, and, and again, I've been running since I was eight. So the whole breath thing has been very intriguing to me because I'm kind of like, well, maybe this is another method or another, you know, utilization or a tool that I could perfect on a separate basis that could help my running and help me become, you know, that much better of a runner.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've listened to that book in particular, just because it talks about us, like how we, become mouth breathers, essentially, mm-hmm. and like how we don't, you know, nasal breathe and how it's really just jacked up so many things. And I mean, even the stress levels of people, like how they can bring that down just by simple breathing techniques and practices. So I was interested, like how, since you started it and you do it, you've been doing it every day, every day, essentially. Yeah. Um, so if we shift gears here, um, obviously, you know, being healthy and, and trying to maintain it, especially through 2020 um, while running, uh, an insurance business for bars and restaurants, which basically were murdered for a good part of the year, and still, it is not perfect by any means. Um, how was that?
1: In March, I thought I was going to lose half my business. Um, you know, and I think a lot of us, you know, obviously were uh, under the notion of uncertainty and 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 all of a sudden scarcity. It's like, what the hell is going to happen here? And, yeah, uh, you know, primarily, again, niching is an amazing thing. Niching can also be the death of you. I mean, I got I had a lot of other insurance agents, uh, and I'm sure it was all friendly, uh, calling me to see how I was doing or if I wanted to sell. <laughs> uh, you say that like the guy, so we own, <laughs> we own the building, obviously, but the guy, like, over
0: here, he's like, <laughs> uh, Jeremy, if you want to sell, you know, um, I'd be happy to buy it from you. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to be all right. Um, but it was the same thing. He's like, because the gym was closed for, like, 100 and. 10 days or whatever it was and he's just like yeah I'm sure he assumed like I was you know DOA but uh, we're oh. still here obviously and I'm sure the guys calling you not that they're trying to be assholes but Obviously, if they can take advantage and pick up all your shit, like why would they not?
1: Three thousand percent, yeah. And, and you know, and my, my response is, you know, I'll I'll be all right. Well, well, we'll figure this out. I I think I can trudge through at least three months to find out what the hell's going on. Uh, you know, truth be told, we didn't we didn't miss a beat. We we were up last year from the year before, believe it or not. A lot of my tours and and the operators are very good operators. They they're good business people. They care about the community, and you know they most of them, if not all of them, were able to get some assistance and put themselves in good positions. And you know, that's the thing about this whole COVID thing and, and these businesses and with what's going on, it's <clears throat> it's a um I hate using the term, but it is what it is, a trickle down effect. And so people don't even think of like, oh big insurance I, I look at the end of the day, I'm just an insurance broker. All I do is put your location to protect you and your risk with the best company that it feels out there i'm not an insurance company i'm just the guy that communicates between the company and 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 i work for you know the restaurant or or the person themselves and so um you know that being said if if a restaurant's receipts go down or if they go out of business I don't I make a premium off of those receipts. I make a commission that well the insurance company makes a premium. I make a commission off those receipts. So if those things go down and keep going down, guess what? I'm making less commission, therefore making less income, therefore maybe not able to hold on to my, you know, employees. Well, I ended up hiring two more people last year,
0: which is fucking crazy too. It is. Yeah. But there's probably some days like in I'm sure like maybe March, April where you're like, "Oh shit." Yeah, this is not good. I just lost a guy for 50k. I just lost this, this, this. And it's like, you and again, there's, we thought, you know, half the world would be dead. I mean, that's literally like in March, I'm thinking the same thing. We're all watching the same news stuff, like, two weeks to slow the spread, Mike Pence with this piece of paper comes (laughs) on. And I'm like, turns into like a fucking year. And it's still like, uh, it's still messy, for sure. But I'm sure there was some days where you were like, probably had this feeling of panic i guess
1: the end of march was the end of march beginning of april i i I thought i yeah i mean i was scared shitless i mean there's just no doubt about it because what
0: what happens to these guys so it's it's march and it's like hey we're closed and these places aren't open are these guys calling you like the bars and restaurants saying hey you know dave what the fuck am i supposed to do
1: yeah i got about 200 phone calls in in a week period while i had covid Oh that's the worst too. Mm, yeah. Not fun. So I'm on my couch. I'm I'm you know I got my phone, you know on me and it just would not stop. And, and and I answered everybody's call. I mean, I'm the owner of the company. I got to take responsibility. I got to help these people. I got to <laughs> guide them. I got to figure out what the hell's going on, even on the insurance end to let them all know that also they're not covered because there's no virus coverage on these insurance policies. So, you know, not only are you kicking people in the nuts, you know, while you're talking to them, but you're you're sick and you're wondering if your business is going to make it. And yeah, a lot of these people just shut their businesses down for, you know, three to four months. So the best that we could Do is go to each one of the insurance carriers, which there's multiple that we represent, to be like, Hey, look, um, they're closed, they're not gonna be able to pay their bills, so what can you guys do? And you know what, I would say 90% of them were amazing. They're just like, You know what, we're just gonna cut their premium based on them not doing sales right now, and they don't have to pay us for another, you know, 60 to 90 days and, and see how this thing weeds out. And so, we did the best that we could,
0: yeah, because I imagine like getting that many calls, you're like, Fuck, dude, I'm like, if all these people don't reopen up if we happen to be and again I don't know obviously Arizona the climate and you guys can you know decide for you like if whatever each state does what's right what's wrong like I'm just a gorilla in a warehouse I'm nobody to decide that shit but if this (laughs) is California where like they can't do anything basically like how awful would that be these 200 places now are out of business so for you then that would be 200 people who are not clients anymore
1: yeah, I, I have some friends in California that are agents, and in in some other states that let's just say Chicago, <laughs> that weren't quite as um, I don't know business open as Arizona was during yeah. this time, and they got they got hammered,
0: bad. That's tough, man. Yeah. But you guys were able to see it through.
1: We're able to see it through and, and, you know, in other aspects of our business that have been around forever because of my dad what was the home and auto insurance aspect of it, you know. And so that's always been running pretty smooth. And um, I do have a couple employees that concentrate on, say, everything from, you know, gyms to plumbers to, to you name it. So, you know, we do have a good local name, rep, you know, reputation, and people that want that sort of service do come to us. Me personally as the owner and my passion has always been the hospitality end. and so that. That niche is really what I'm fully, you know, invested in doing. But it doesn't mean that I won't take on other business and let my office, you know, operate and handle. And that was that was a saving grace during this time to know at least that revenue was coming through. Therefore, I didn't have to, you know, have anybody lose their job or you know anything bad w- didn't happen in that realm. So it was great.
0: Well, that's the thing I don't think a lot of people think about. If you look at the scope of obviously the past year, and you and I have talked about it before because you've been here the whole time, it's probably not the the bar and restaurant owner, it's the wait staff, it's the bartenders, it's the trickle-down, and then obviously it's you. It's probably not going to be you're the one who suffers the most at your business. I mean, you do because you're the owner, but it's the people who work for you. Yeah, Like all these things, it's like one big domino that we've all had to deal with throughout the year, which brings me to my next question. Like if you had a – for people listening, if it's you're the entrepreneur guy or like you just love insurance as much as Dave does. And uh, what's a positive about owning a business and like the one – constant challenge or the
1: one negative even though there's multiple of both? So for owning a business my biggest advice that I always give is to make sure um, if you're going to start something or even if you have something and maybe you're not feeling the vibe right now if there's a way to you know let's just use the popular term pivoting. There's a way to pivot into something that you are uh, 1000% passionate about and really taking that leap of faith. And, you know, there is no time that is, that's late in your life to be able to do that. I mean, it really just comes down to the amount of happiness. And, and, and I can truly say, because of that, I, I love to wake up every morning. I love to answer people's questions. I love to go to work. I love to, you know, know that I've got, you know, people that are wanting my services or or wanting my help or, you know, this and that. And so if you can, you know, that's, that's, that's really the positive aspect of, I think, owning your own business. If you can do it in a sense that it's something that you truly, absolutely love. Um, You know, negative aspects of, I think, anything just comes into the, the human element. Um, I've been very fortunate and very lucky to have, the best employees in the world and that's not to say it doesn't go without um, you get a couple that suck here or there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it doesn't go to say without like, I haven't put my foot in my mouth a bunch of times thinking that I know this and I probably don't know shit because you know, I, like I'm not in the, I'm not the customer service person. I'm not the person that, you know, I've hired these other people to do these jobs that I don't want to do. Cause I'm not passionate about not, not helping people, but sitting in front of a computer and wondering what your bill's going to be next week, you know, that sort of thing. So when you get those right people in those positions and they're passionate about that it's very important to not get lost in the minutia of oh i own the business therefore i know what's right no bullshit generally they know what's right because they're working in the thick of that and what's going on and so to be a good listener i think is one of the it can be one of the easiest, but also one of the hardest aspects of being a, you know, an entrepreneur because you always are trying to be creative and thinking that you're doing the right thing by doing something different that could be just screwing up the whole catechism of what's going on.
0: So because obviously you, there's a lot of pieces there. You have a lot of people you're responsible for. Obviously this is moving and shifting. Well, I guess the first question before I forget, if you were doing insurance, but it wasn't bar and restaurants, if it was just like you know, doctor's offices, do you think you'd be even close to where you are today in terms of like, not just the success of it, but I'm sure that you wouldn't be as passionate about it, obviously. Wow. That's a, like, if you're like, Hey, like you didn't do bar and restaurants, you just decided like, Hey, well, I'm going to make money. I'm going to do, you know, dentists and I'm going to do, you know, OBGYNs. That's my niche.
1: It's a great question. Um, and one that I have not had, I, I, I wouldn't be doing insurance. I just wouldn't. You would have quit already. I would have quit already. I I, I would have found something else that um that I just could really be excited and wrap my, but but that's just that's just who I am, you know. Um. Well, that's why I said like you got to do yeah shit you like because at
0: some point even if it was more that's why I ask like even if it was more money, you'd be like this is fucking boring.
1: Yeah, and and you and I have talked about this all the time like how much money is more money? You know, how much is enough? How, how, what, what happiness is, you know, attributed to that?
0: I think like they do have a stat and I don't know, like, let's say a lot of stats are bullshit, but they say it's like, I think it's like over 75 grand a year. Yeah. Like the happiness level doesn't change that much until it would get to like some ridiculous number. And I can speak on it too. Like I go from making no money to obviously we make money now, but I'm like, it really doesn't change your life a lot. If you make $136,000 a year or $215,000 a year, that's really not a, it doesn't really do much. No. Like there's not a huge shit there. Especially, I say this, if you fucking hate it. Right. Like there's no, there's no point in being, I would tell people, I, I've said this before, I'd rather do this and make $32,000 a year than work for a lifetime and nothing against lifetime and make $440,000 a year because I can't do and say and be who I want to be there. And I can do whatever the fuck I want here. To me, that's worth it. And I think you obviously feel the same way. Cause like if you guys obviously, oh, we'll share this video, we'll put it on the YouTube, like he wears a t-shirt and jeans wherever he goes or a t-shirt and workout pants. That's how he goes to meetings, which is very similar to how we obviously operate here because you can do it how you want to do it.
1: Well, there's a, there's a lot of similarities in <clears throat> even just in what you and I do. And I, I think that's part of the, uh, you know, the synergy that you and I have had for the last however many years I've been coming and seeing you. And, and it's one of these things where, you know, you are able to, let's just say, do exactly the things that you want to do say what you want to do we have these platforms now on social media where we can spread the word and the vibe of how we want to spread it you're able to promote things like athletic greens and you know other items that you utilize that you believe in and but you know creating revenue from that is amazing because at the same time you're legitimately helping people and so the, the 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 reverse of that with what i'm doing yeah it's insurance but you know what? Everybody has to have it, especially yes. per your lease. Um, it's a good thing when you do need it, and it's written correctly, and you're protected from, say, the drunk driver. You know that could cause you to lose your business, or you know other aspects. And then on top of that, it's the other you know relationship sort of things that I'm able to provide to people in hospitality or other realms to be like. Oh, you need a good contract attorney? Cool. Oh, you uh, you need a good accountant? Cool. I've got all this because of the amount of relationships I've created over 25 years. And that's what's exciting to me as a business owner.
0: Yeah, it really is similar. Yeah. What we do for the most part. I mean, obviously it's from a business standpoint. So how do you... I mean, because obviously I'm not a balanced human either, clearly. <laughs> uh, but how do you balance the work, the home life, kind of personal life stuff? Like, how what is that? Because you're still able to exercise every single day. That's why I want to think, like, obviously you're married. Obviously you guys have kids you're responsible for. Um, you still work a shit ton of hours, but you're still able to manage, like,
1: all of that, stay married, be fit. How does that balance work? For... To it took me many, many years to, to get this, um, this concept, but the, it's the understanding that you you and your energy and your person um, are as of one and that as of one is the person of who you are at work the person who you are to your family the person who you are to your dog you know or dogs or cats or whatever and and, and so when you don't look at yourself or you categorize your life in separate compartments you realize that okay there's things throughout my day that I you know want to get done and i'm going to try to get done and they're going to help me because they help the overall picture and the overall energy of what i am as an individual which if you're taking care of yourself and you're happy and you feel good and you're motivated you're able to take care of others better just through osmosis or just through you know the other things that you do so you know again, going back to, to F it, the reason why I wrote this, you know, this ebook per se, you know, say is for people, everybody's just be able to download and, and, and Jeremy, you know, put a lot of cool stuff in the ebook as well. He's a contributor author to it. And so the, 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 the part of that is when you look at people say in the LinkedIn world, all these business men and women and, and that are, that are busy and like, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to do that. No, you, you do, you have 24 hours a day. So you know, if you know that you can pick maybe an hour out of that day to do 20 minutes of, you know, whatever, push-ups push-ups and, and air squats and 20 minutes of, you know, maybe closing your eyes and meditating. And then maybe, you know, that other 20 minutes is when I do go out to eat, I'm consciously understanding what I'm doing. That's what those three F's are all about. And if people just make it their own and say, this works for me, this is cool. I really think it'll improve their life and how they feel and can be a very uh, snowball effect, you know, to those that are around them.
0: So like for these people listening, like obviously a majority of the people I would like to think are active, healthy fitness people. There is people who listen who are not maybe as active or they do it sporadically like most people. It's the consistency which they struggle with or obviously like, you know, dedicating the time or making the time. How, what would you tell somebody? Like, again, obviously, if I say it, uh, he's the fitness dude, like yeah. no, I'm supposed to. Uh, but you are, I don't want to, you're not like a real dude either, because you're just, you're strange. Um, well, you're not, like a normal person is not going to do all the shit you do. Like, it's fucking insane, like the pace that you keep and, and how you go. But what would you tell them? in terms of like how would they stay driven or how do they keep a positive mindset or how do they make it a priority when it currently maybe it's not like for the people that obviously you see, like you'll throw stuff on LinkedIn and they're like, well, Dave's out running again. He's crazy. I could never do that. But they can do that because you have the same, you are their avatar Mm -hmm. in terms of that, like, and you're not working out for four hours a day. So how do they take the first step or how do they stay motivated when it's like, it seems like it's just not feasible.
1: Yeah. Find an accountability um, within yourself or an accountability partner. You know, part of the reason why um, I have a running coach is because, you know, he will give me a set schedule during the week of, okay, you run four miles on this date. Here's your speed work on Wednesday. And and I know on those dates I have – dates to get that stuff done and I don't want to disappoint him. I I'm not getting paid any money. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be the next, you know, marathon Olympian, but when I have some sort of accountability on the back end and I know somebody's watching, and even if it's getting a good fitness trainer or, or somebody like that's why I love coming, you know, here and and you know, yeah, you and I wrap it out and I get some amazing workouts and this and that, but it's so nice to be able to have a place to come to with somebody that can, you know, put you through the 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 motions and 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 the amount of stuff that I learn from from others to be able to go, okay, that's cool, that made me feel good. Now I'm motivated to go and do this stuff on my own. And when you start having having those feelings of feeling better 5% 10% 20% a little bit at a time i would hope that that would be the self motivation within yourself to book those appointments with yourself and to make that a priority before you make somebody else's problem your priority because their problems not going away so you can take care of that at a you know at a later moment but take care of yourself first
0: Well, it's like the uh, investment is how I look at it. Like you're willing to invest A, the time into it um, and the monetary resources too, but the same thing with your food and how you eat. And a lot of people will say, well, I just can't invest the time into it. But the same people who tend to probably watch Netflix for seven hours at a time, like for your daily life, like you guys probably don't
1: watch a ton of television. You don't waste a lot of time. And that's a, a key for, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, we, d- we don't waste a lot of time. Now, do I watch Netflix? Yeah, we probably watch a couple hours a night. I mean, my wife and I like to sit on the couch and, you know, just kind of numb our minds. But you know what? While we're doing that, I'm probably on the floor stretching and doing a lot of the other things that, you know, are important to, you know, make sure that my physical health is, is staying in tune. So it's really just compartmentalizing for me, compartmentalizing my time and understanding that, okay, cool, I can do this during this and, and, and really calendaring it and journalizing. I do a lot of journaling, like every morning I journal and I will look back and I'll, it actually helped when I had COVID twice. Um, but COVID twice. How do you get COVID twice? I have no idea. Man. But you had it,
0: so you had it like before, like we even knew what it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had like, it in March.
0: And you found out just because you went to get a blood test, right?
1: Yeah. So I I was sick for 14 days. um, And this was during the time when all the clients were calling me or whatever. And eh, I thought I had a sinus infection. Not a big deal. But, man, I I was aching. And I read back on the journal. I was like, wow, I felt exactly the same as I felt, you know, three weeks ago. Um, and, and then I went in, I do a uh, biannual blood test, which is another thing I would suggest for anybody to mon- monitor their, find a good doctor, you know, or at least a blood facility that you can get your test done. And what so, do
0: you, what do you have them test? Everything?
1: Yeah. Everything like <clears throat> my, um, vitamin D levels, you know, vitamins, hormones, hormones yeah, stuff and you like that. A, and you do a physical thyroid once a year too. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Prostate, all that sort of stuff. Nice. Um but with that, because I had felt like crap, you know, um, a week prior to having my physical test, um, I was like, they're like, hey, by the way, we have these COVID tests sitting here and we can test you for the antibodies. I'm like, all right, well, you're already drawing the blood out, so let's just do it. So, yeah, came back positive back in March. I was like, oh, that's cool. Because remember,
0: you text me. <laughs> yeah. And you were the first person, like, I had ever heard that had it. And I'm like, oh, okay,
1: he got well, it. Well, and I'm sure a bunch of other people probably had it too prior to that, but we no test. We didn't know, yeah. Yeah. So you know, fast forward. Here we are, New Year's Eve. My my dad's wife, who is a nurse um, at a correctional facility, ended up getting uh, COVID, and brought it home to all eight of us, and we all got it at the same time. I'm, I'm talking to my brothers, and they're all like, "Yeah, we're we're sick." And I I I remember being at work, not realizing what had happened. My wife texts me, "Your brother John has COVID," and I said, "Oh shit!" And within 10 minutes, I was on the couch with the chills I'd like, cause I, I just, I just knew. And so, yeah, I was laid out for two weeks.
0: No shit. Cause you were supposed to come here on the eighth. Yeah. And you would text me you're like, I got COVID again. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like this dude, this I know. Dude got it two times. Like, I, what the hell?
1: I know. And here is people listening to a podcast about some entrepreneur that's like, "Oh, do this and do that and be healthy." And you know, you you look at me, and be like, "Okay, dude's pretty healthy." Yeah, I, I don't know, man. COVID doesn't discriminate. <laughs>
0: like it just got you, dude. Well, it's like a thing. Like where they like, it's contagious.
1: It's around there. You get it, and and now you feel great though. I will say because of my health and because of the way that I have taken care of myself, um, I honestly believe that I probably felt better during the time that I had it and I probably recovered a lot better um as opposed to you know how some people are are having to deal with this which is is really hard so you know I'm back to running full scale again and doing mountains and and all that sort of stuff no after effects
0: no I think that's to be said with most things like the, the healthier you can be in life in general um the more shit that comes your way you can kind of beat its ass and just keep things moving but it's crazy, you're the first person I know who's got it twice.
1: Yeah, oh, congrats. You just Some people just get lucky, bro. It's probably because I listen to too much Rat.
0: Um, you do have some terrible music choices, for sure. <laughs> if you guys know what Rat is, most of you listening, you don't even know what that is. This is this, What when is Rat popular? 80s? Yeah, 80s. It's Rat with two Ts. I have to say that, because if you go on Spotify, you'll be like, okay. You might know one song, Round and Round. I think that's like the popular. And they have a commercial, though. Well, a Geico
1: commercial, yeah. Yeah,
0: I didn't know what Rat was until you were here. And now I know. Now you know. That's great. <laughs> um, all right. So let me get through some of this quick. Um, so the book uh, itself, what... So just for you in general, obviously we can dig into it a little bit. Um, who... You write an ebook about, you know, obviously this three Fs kind of system that you have to kind of crush all the areas of your life. Who is it for? Who, who would read it or benefit from it or, or download it or dig into it and, and, and why?
1: The whole... The whole process started being in in hospitality. I was going to write something more. Um, let's just say, loop towards healthy hospitality, and so I was going to promote more of a healthy uh, workplace because hospitality workers are, are some of the they just they have a lifestyle as we had talked about earlier. And with my you know with my lifestyle, of drinking too much and eating and partying and all that, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these people are in their twenties, and as they get older, they want to. They want to do different things in order to to just feel better, you know, instead of waking up and being just completely sore. Um, or, or not feeling good because of the decisions they made. So originally it was going to be called Healthy Hospitality. It was going to be you know targeted towards that. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, everything that I talk about or that I write in here, <clears throat> it's not rocket science. It's It's really simplistic. And then that's when I had come to you and I said, hey, would you mind contributing some of your stuff and, you know, putting all this together? So the book is there for any and everybody that just wants to – you know pick up a few hints or a few trades of the you know food focus fit food fitness focus um, to again, feel better or better their lives and 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 that's why I did it. and plus I always wanted to write you know some some sort of a book
0: so. so basically anybody who's just looking for anybody, just information like, hey, here's just a basic guide of like a simple way to start just making a change if you have not maybe been. A health person up to this point.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's coming from a perspective of not being so overwhelming, you know, not being something like you're going to, you're going to look at it and be like, okay, oh I can't do that. No, you, 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 can, you can drink water. You can go for a 20 minute walk after work you can do. So it's just kind of reiterating those little things that I think people kind of give up on because sometimes they'll look at the, 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 the big, you know, huge spectrum of things and be like, I got to do that. I can't just do that, you know? Well,
0: because they'll hear you and say, well, this dude's out running 10 miles a day. Yeah. He's, like, But you're not, though. I'm not, no. Like when you, you're you dedicating how many, let's say, minutes a day to fitness or hours a day to like a
1: workout? 30, 40? Yeah, 30, 40 minutes, you know? And, and the workout legitimately could be walking my dogs and just eating right that day, you know, making a conscious effort to do that.
0: So what uh – What's next in, uh, in 2021, man,
1: 2021, we are here. Um, it's to maintain and to further the process, I think of being able to, to give back and, and to be a conduit and, and hopefully to, to speak, you know, I've been asked, um, Already, since I released the ebook, I've been asked to go speak at the um, the hospitality graduating class uh, charity event. You know, to talk about the, the three Fs and, and and how to, you know, help motivate um, in in essence people as they grow up and get into the real life and the things that are coming. Um, and then there's another organization, CCAP, which is, um, you know, for, um, people in hospitality. So it's kind of cool because this has picked up and people have asked me to come, you know, speak and, and, and just share and teach and do those things that I, I love to do. Obviously I'm a talker. We've, you know, been sitting here wrapping it out and, and I just love uh, sharing my passion with others and, and building on that. So as I build my insurance business, you know, even more and, 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 blow up bar restaurant insurance because i'm by no means even just getting started with that i again i love what i do um you know it's it's a matter of doing that and and promoting you know um you know the personal stuff that i'm able to do and share with people and you know take some more guitar lessons and and you know grab grab a few more hobbies i guess
0: well we do live in such a place where it's like the culinary scene here is blown up yeah crazy since i've moved here like people ask like they'll come visit um instagram will say hey jeremy uh my wife and i are in town we're visiting what's your favorite restaurant i'm like well what kind of food bro <laughs> like right. literally like, it's it's to that point like even pizza places there's like i have 10 i could recommend yeah they're all amazing like it really is an awesome place where we were at before i forget i can't forget the aliens oh yeah you believe in aliens
1: uh yeah absolutely they're there
0: like like some Bob Lazar shit
1: Yeah, uh, Bob Lazar. um, Like you
0: really believe there's aliens?
1: I I do. Um, I
0: think there are two now, and I it freaks me out to say that because I'm saying it like it's not a big deal. Like that should make me want to shit my pants. Like (laughs) because if you and I'm serious though, I don't want to go like on the crazy conspiracy thing here. But you're hearing all these guys now talk about like where the military and the U.S. government's like, oh yeah, there's stuff here that uh, we don't know where it came from.
1: They're releasing stuff right now that people are going to see and just be like. Okay, um, maybe so. I my whole context of believing in aliens, you know, really is not like, oh, it's little green dudes that are gonna come down and you know probe me. <laughs> uh, really, my aspect is I'm just a firm believer in other energies, angels, you know, all, all sorts of you know life and, and that sort of thing. And, and and so, I I'm big picture. You know, I look. There's no way we live in this tiny little Earth and there's nothing else out there.
0: And we're the smartest. Yeah. There's no, no way, bro. There, there's, there's no way that like we, especially after the last year and a half we've yeah. lived through, we are the smartest things there are. There can't, It can't be.
1: No, I think the aliens are keeping us alive, quite honestly.
0: But you're a legit believer.
1: A legit believer. Yeah. yeah. That's why I got Fred, my alien, up on my meditation tower.
0: That's real though. What is that? Say that really quick. Share it for these guys. I want them to think you're super crazy before we go.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I have a meditation tower at my house. It's up above Did my bar. Did you just gardens. post it? Yeah I, yeah, I posted it. Yeah, I posted on my Instagram uh, last night. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, so my wife and I are up on the meditation tower. Is Kim is Kim part of this? Um, she's starting to get into it. Yeah. Or did when you tell her like, "Hey, I believe in aliens," she's like, "Dude, you're crazy." She did at first, and then she started kind of you know researching for herself, realizing that okay, well maybe there is something.
0: It's like a little observation deck at your house. A Little
1: observation deck, and I go and I sit up there and I meditate. And Fred, our our resident alien, you know, sits. up Did there. you build this at your house? Or was the, yeah. it already there? No, I built that. Well, I didn't build it. I paid somebody to build it. I can't it. That pitch. looks tight, bro. It's tight, dude. Wait, What do you do up there? Is It's is it where you meditate? Yeah, it's where I meditate. It's or or, or I'll read or I'll bird watch. Or, so when you're facing, when you're looking outside there, it's all like I have a huge mountain. The mountain that I trail run, all that. I can see it. I watch the sunset every night. I mean there's something so – let's just say um, – Uh, medicinal about watching the sunrise and being in it and, and and then watching the sunset. And I mean, I do a lot of nude, uh, sunbathing, you know, out in the backyard. Do you really? Yeah. preferably When the kids aren't home, that's fucking crazy. And, uh, it's vitamin D man. I mean, it goes back to, this is true. Yeah.
0: This is, this is, I mean, if you want vitamin D absorption, you do have to expose a lot of skin.
1: So if that means butt cheeks and nut sacks, so be it. A lot of nutsack. I mean, yeah. the thing is, is like, here you are, you've got athletic greens and you got, you know, D that you can, um, right there. You get, that that's a lot quicker than the shit that I'm doing being naked in my backyard for an hour at a time and trying to grow greens. But yeah. anyways, all the same, it's, it's a passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a real deal. That's crazy. <laughs> if you guys
0: follow me, it's I am the D uh, on Instagram, you'll see it. That's pretty badass though, bro. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Man. I had a touch on that. I didn't want to forget.
0: Yeah. Before I come here. Um, <laughs> where can these guys, uh, where can these guys find you at? What, um, all your sites, what, um, everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the Instagram. I am the D Um, I am the DLO.com is the website I like to keep it pretty simple. And if you go on the website, you can download the ebook. It's, it's free. Um, Jeremy is a contributor to the ebook and, and there's, you know, I just think a lot of fun and, and, and a lot of, you know, great stuff in there for people to be able to, um, make it their own. That's what I want. And then, uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook, um, the D on Facebook as well and uh
0: linkedin you put a ton <laughs> of stuff on linkedin yeah
1: linkedin so my full name is david and then last name D lorenzo d e l o r e n z o and so yeah so i'm i'm all over i got got my own podcast as well it's a hey I mean, os- what's what's the podcast title yeah it's a hospitality based podcast right now called the uh, bar and restaurant podcast I
0: and mean, when you guys what do you you interview all the restaurants and the bar owners here and people that you obviously have relationships with and you should talk about, what do you guys talk about?
1: Oh my God. We, well, I'm sure it
0: goes off topic too.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely talk about food, fitness focus, you know, in that realm. But we, you know, we talk about how hard it is. We talk about their personal stories. I like to get, I like people in Arizona, especially to know who they're buying food from, who they're supporting, what their stories are, where they came from, what they have families, that sort of thing. And so, um yeah that's why we do it to help promote i dig it bro all that's
0: dope stuff yeah if you guys don't um i would say yeah give him a follow on those platforms he puts out a ton of stuff uh a lot of um shirtless running (laughs) uh talking hair everywhere i I don't want to forget this because i i didn't write this down but you did a video um you were filming it for something i don't know what it was in your driveway and the guy comes by Um, tell the story really quick yeah. just so these guys can hear it.
1: So, so <laughs> you're filming a workout, right? I'm filming a workout. Um, but really the backlog to that story is, is <laughs> my wife goes walking one day and she sees this, this young, you know, gentleman, um, you know, on this street corner and it was just kind of conspicuous. It was around the corner from her house and she's always walking the dogs and you your
0: know. house is nice. Yeah, Like your no, house I've, looks great. Your, your neighborhood's nice. Neighborhood's beautiful. No, yeah. no, no, gripes. Um, I, ha, I, I say that because it's part of the story.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, f- fast forward the next day. No, I'm sorry. That same day after she had, uh, she had passed this gentleman, we hear on the news there's a story that there was a murder in our neighborhood, and um you know sad enough to say it was that, it was that kid that she saw that was you know standing by his car over there. So oh no shit yeah I didn't know that. So now there's a there's a plaque. I guess he was a, a like a high school. rap star or something there's a plaque with his name on it and every time you walk by it for the last year there's been one to three candles lit with flowers and it's like right on a like a wall down a side street you know that you you walk
0: no shit
1: so i'm on facebook i do a lot on facebook i film just crazy whatever whatever's on my mind i don't really give a shit and 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 so i'm out there filming one of my driveway workouts i have this beautiful driveway i'm working out i mean there's mountains jeremy's right it's a really nice neighborhood that's
0: what i'm saying like it doesn't doesn't None of this makes sense.
1: So I'm 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 filming a Facebook live and I'm starting to work out and, <clears throat> and I see this guy just tear by in this white, what, call it a Corolla, and I'm like, you know, well that guy kind of in a rush, you know, a little speed demon there. And you know I'm continuing my workout, this and that, and I'm starting to do um, some burpees or something like that. And then next thing I know, the guy's like, hey. Hey, hey, man, and, and I I, kind of, I turn around, I'm like, yeah, what's up, dude, and my camera's still rolling, and it's watching me, and he's like, hey, do you know that place where there was a murder?
0: And, like, I can hear it. You sent me the video, and I can hear it. I'm like, is this real right now? Like, he's filming a workout, and mid-workout, the guy stops in the street, and he's yeah. like, yeah, where's the house where the dude was murdered at? And I'm like, what the fuck is right. this right here? Yeah,
1: and, and here's the here's the, the funniest part. Not, it's not funny. I'm sorry, but here the, the, the most... I don't know, the illogical part of it is um, like, yeah, um, just go down two blocks, take a left, and then over to the right, and you'll see the wall over there with a bullet hole in it, and that's where the, oh, thanks, dude, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, like, literally, you gave him, like, the perfect directions yeah. to do it, and I'm like, N- and not only is this real, because I, I thought he was crazy, because I am you, I think I mean, if you texted me or what, <laughs> but you text me and I'm watching it, I'm like, no, but the, he, there really was a murder, and you really do know where the dude was murdered at, and it's in your neighborhood. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's right there, man. That so, was gnarly, bro.
1: Murder happens, bro. Oh. I
0: mean, it's tragic for sure, but I'm like, it's just the, the odds of like, if you got to share that video, do you, you ever make it public? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm like, that is a great, um, it's sad, but it's also fucking amazing that, that you actually knew yeah. exactly where it was and yeah. could direct him. Um, so he could see the murder house.
1: The, the whole thing's sad and, and, and we'll walk by that memorial and, and I mean, just what a, you look at the the kid's smiling face and how young he was and you're just like, fuck you know but that's like
0: a video you see like on stool. yeah like some guys like working out and all of a sudden like yeah man here's where it's at right the yellow tape's there totally it's and then amazing. i just
1: went right back into my workout oh. <laughs> the important focus right that's po- one of the three f's you guys that's right focus
0: um perfect bro uh cool. that's good shit yeah if you guys don't um give him a follow obviously i'm gonna put the site in the show notes i'm the com. obviously his ig the linkedin i'll throw all the stuff in there um he just he gives out a lot of good information, he's just a good dude. You know, there's not a lot of dudes who I consider to be gamers, and when I say that, I'm like master class. Like he doesn't just, you know, sell your brother's insurance. Um, that's not what he's doing. It's something completely different, and now it's morphing into uh, something that's a lot bigger. So, um, bro, you. appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're not like a lot of humans we know. Um, maybe you're one of the aliens. At this point. Living the best life, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming in, bro. Um, If you guys got any questions for him, obviously you can stalk him, but don't send him any like dick pics and weird (laughs) shit. Like that's just not what LinkedIn and Instagram is for. That's different websites. We're not about that. So um, yeah, appreciate you, bro. Awesome. Uh, It's been amazing. You guys, as always, um, if you happen to be on the podcast app, uh, don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five star. Leave a comment. We truly would appreciate it. And as always, share with a friend or fan member you think it can help. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.